I mean, I liked about him that he was down to earth from the start. This ridiculously good-looking guy walked up towards me. I was like, oh, here we go. What's he going to be like? <laughs> and his and donkey, just you know. Dog <laughs> with a donkey and terrible dad jokes. I was like, what is happening? Best case scenario, I'm sitting here in my kitchen podcasting with my uh, girlfriend of nearly three years now. Mm. And Georgia. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is awkward. I didn't want really to find out this way. <laughs> You meet the right person, you have one chance. Exactly. You've only got one shot, one yeah. opportunity. opportunity. Seize every moment. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were just hanging with Sarah to finish so you could do that. <laughs> Welcome to the Seize the Yay podcast. Busy and happy are not the same thing. We too rarely question what makes the heart sing. We work, then we rest, but rarely we play and often don't realise there's more than one way. So this is a platform to hear and explore the stories of those who found lives they adore. The good, bad and ugly, the best and worst day will bear all the facets of seizing your yay. I'm Sarah Holloway, or Spoonful of Sarah, a lawyer turned fun entrepreneur who swapped the suits and heels to co-found Matcha Maiden and Matcha Milk Bar. Seize the Yay is a series of conversations on finding a life you love and exploring the self-doubt, challenge, joy and fulfilment along the way. Hello, beautiful people. I'm so excited to share this episode with one of the best couples going around. You can probably tell from the snippet that we had an absolute blast, which is always the case where Georgia Love and Lee Elliott are concerned. There are so many wonderful things about these two, both separately and together, but one of my favorites for CZA purposes is that neither of them found their joy in the ever-so-trendy entrepreneur pathway, and in fact, both have long-term, successful, and very happy careers in their respective fields, showing that you can find joy within an industry that you love. Another thing I love about them, among many others, is that while many of you will know them from The Bachelorette, I didn't actually spend that much time on that experience, despite it being a beautiful and obviously endearing love story. Story because they both were already incredibly accomplished before that, and so much of their stories predates the show. Georgia was not only in TV already, but a primetime news anchor before she even turned 30 and well before Batchy. And Lee has been a very happy mechanical plumber for 17 years. Not that I can say I've done anything for 17 years. And his modelling career started well before then too, including taking out the Victorian and Tasmanian title at the Australia's Hottest Tradie Competition in 2011. Plus, they have remained incredibly humble, down-to-earth and adorably dorky, and I'm so grateful to have them on the show. I hope you have as many laughs as I did and that this brings you a smile, if nothing else. Side note for just some context, they had both been to see Eminem the night before this show, so watch out for the ripper puns along the way. Guys, thank you so much for joining. Thanks Thank so you much for having, for having us. Or actually Someone for you having me. <laughs> <laughs> so interesting. I am so excited for this one. So the first segment is called Way TA, which is how you got to where you were. And obviously you guys are quite in the public eye at the moment. So finding out a lot of the stuff that happened before that. Mm. But first, to break the ice, I love to ask everyone what the most down-to-earth thing is about them. Because I think our lives are, you know, spread across social media and we create these kind of glossy social media exteriors. And you guys are some of the best at showing who you really are but it's still nice to hear it right from the horse's mouth so what are some of the most down-to-earth things about you guys that make you normal I think even like what you're saying with uh, with social media and glossing over things we are pretty self-deprecating and like we show it how it is like we're not really trying to gloss over too much obviously when we met we went through a bit of a hard time with G losing her mother and we sort of tried to well keep that out of the public eye just 
respect to G and her family, but I think what you see with us really is what you get. Yeah, and I think probably the, that way we started made us more like that. I think a lot of people who would meet on a show like The Bachelorette or any of those shows that are out there now feel like they've got to put on this persona, but I think it's probably one of the reasons Lee and I liked each other at the start is that neither of us are like that. So, I mean, I liked about him that he was down to earth from the start, this you know, ridiculously good-looking guy walked up towards me. I was like, oh, here we go. What's he going to be like? <laughs> and his and donkey, just you know. Dog <laughs> with a donkey and terrible dad jokes. I was like, what is happening? And then I think you've always said one of the moments where you kind of went, hang on, who is this girl? Was um, It was when we were filming for The Bachelorette, but it was off camera. So it was a lunch break one day and one of the producers just put on some music and it ended up in a bit of a kind of dance, sing along and dance around the kitchen <laughs> table in the mansion. It was a Battle it was a rap battle. We put Eminem <clears throat> on, and I literally got up on the table and rapped to Eminem. And I think that's you went from busting out sure Shrek, that wasn't last like night? songs from Shrek to Eminem. And I was like, "There's a future wife there." <laughs> She's my person. She's my person. Were you on the tables last night? These guys went to Eminem last night, by the way. So yeah, that's probably why that's front of mind if, for me. If there had been tables, it would have been. I was. I just transformed into the 15-year-old version of myself, came from within me and out. And we were there with, I was there with Lee and three other friends and I just left them behind me for the entire concert, just stepped forward into my own space and just like jumped and screamed and danced and It did worry me. The smile I saw on your face last night, I don't think I've ever made you smile before. (laughs) At least he knows where he stands. (laughs) I mean, clear communication is all that counts in a relationship, right? Exactly. you know that I will leave you for Eminem if the possibility arrives, then we're, we're fine. Everyone well, I've come to terms open. with it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not fine with it, but I've come to terms with it. <laughs> and I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, the country has fallen in love with you guys is because, especially if you do get to meet you in person, which I have, you know, been so lucky to many times, you are exactly how you think you are. There's nothing hidden. You're so relaxed and down to earth, despite, you know, having come into quite a lot of fame. And I, I love that about you too. And I think it shows that you're not really hiding anything or doing that whole social media glossy thing. We're not glossy enough. (laughs) (laughs) If we we were better people, maybe we would choose to live this glossy Instagram life. (laughs) We feel like we could pull it off. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And another fun little icebreaker because you're actually our first couples episode, which is very exciting. I thought I would ask you two a couple of questions that you can answer for each other. Oh, okay. So the it's first like the one, game. yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> what would you each think is what the other person loves most about you? All right, I'll answer this first. I think Lee would love. Oh, this is hard. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what's lovable about me. I'm coming up with nothing. I'll say sense of humour. Obviously. <laughs> it must be your humbleness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's so many things to like about you, though. I don't... You can't, I you can't say, you can't there's so many things to like about me, <laughs> so it's my turn. <laughs> <laughs> also, thanks for saying like, not love, but Look, anyway. <laughs> probably your sense of humour is up there, because I think that's probably what we first bonded over. That's what we first hit it off. And I think like a laugh without laughter is uh, not a life at all so I think probably the twin two of us our sense of humour so you think that's my answer for you as well I was going to use it for mine as well so, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying to, trying to work it out so we do it both um, what, what you think you like about me most mm-hmm. love about me most oh I don't know perhaps my thoughtfulness yeah I'll, I'll pay that 
One of my very favourite things is that every single day, and he wakes up earlier than me every day because he's the tradie and he leaves early, and every single time you leave the house, whether I'm asleep or not, he'll come and kiss me goodbye, and that's very cute. Oh, that's one that's of my favourite so things. Sweet. That goes with thoughtfulness, doesn't it? I think so. Hand hand. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so yeah. sweet. How nice are these questions? <laughs> but the next one <laughs> is what would you each think annoys the other about you most? Oh, that's easy oh, that's, for that's me to so answer. Much <laughs> 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 how, how long do we have? Yeah. How long is this podcast? Yeah. <laughs> Settle in, Sarah. Yeah. The only hard bit about that is picking what would annoy you the most about me, but I would think it's probably my cat. Poetry. Lee is not a fan. Really? Always. When she's asleep, he really loves her because she's really cute. I think that's what Nick thinks about me. And doesn't bite me and doesn't meow and doesn't wake me up. When we're asleep, she's not so cute. No. (laughs) She holds different hours to us. (laughs) She sleeps when we're not here and at work. And then at night, she wants to play and keeps us up all night. Is that right? Is that your least favorite thing about me? No, I don't. Think so. Oh, <laughs> Whoa, you had an out there to say yes. Sure. So Alright, what is it? That you doesn't matter where you just leave things wherever you are. Oh my god, okay. <laughs> I find cups throughout the house. He makes me sound like I'm a massive slob. Sarah, you're in our house it right now. Can spotless. you look around? Because I've had today off. No, <laughs> you're tiny. the clean freak. I will I am leave definitely the clean freak in this relationship. I will leave a glass on my bedside table, and that's what he's talking about. <laughs> I don't leave dirty clothes strewn across the floor. I don't leave dirty dishes piled up in the sink. I'll literally leave a glass on oh, the bedside table. Plural. Plural, plural. It might be this a is so of days foreign to me. Nick is just like so messy. <laughs> like, yeah, wow. most guys are. That's why I think <laughs> I've somehow winded up with the far opposite. The better version is what you meant to say. Oh, sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah let's like go that. with that. All right, my turn. The thing you hate about me most. No, hang on. Find the most annoying. annoying. Yeah. <laughs> Calm. Let's not be too strong. Um, I don't know. I feel like it's probably a long list for you. I'm trying to uh, think mine as well, but you pick it while I'm thinking. Uh, oh no, I probably the, that I am so <laughs> particular about where things live and. No, and that's help. annoying, but it's not the most annoying because <laughs> <laughs> there's a good side to that as well. Obviously, like we you have come a clean house all the time <laughs> <laughs> and dinner prepared. No, I'd say it's your inability to say no to anything or anyone. <laughs> Apart from me. <laughs> you say no to me. I love that. No, you just like, we'll, we'll, ha- we'll be all excited on a Sunday night and go, let's have a quiet week this week. We don't have anything planned. Let's just have a quiet night, a uh, quiet week, the two of us. By Monday afternoon, he's like sent me through all these calendar dates of, well, I've agreed to dinner with this person and I've RSVP'd yes to this and that, which is lovely because you're social, but you cannot say no to anything. No, I don't like displeasing people. Except for me. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Well, that was awesome. <laughs> Great start, guys. Did we answer that too well? <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> All right. So the first section is way TA, which is pretty much how you got from basically the very beginning to a life now where you're seizing your yay. And we all know that you guys met on The Bachelorette, which is amazing. The most beautiful love story that the whole of Australia was part of. But before that, let's go back to the very, very beginning. So... What were you? What were your young selves like? Very different to each other, I think. Yep, yeah, but we are very different to each other. But I think that's what 
attract us to each other as well. Um, my younger self was, I've always been adventurous, loved travel, and I still sort of, well, again, that's something we've bonded over. A younger self, unfortunately, that's a lot longer ago than I care <laughs> yeah. to remember. Like, were you guys cool at school? Were you nerdy? Were you awkward? I wasn't cool. I was like this. I was part of like the Switzerland group. We weren't the jocks. We weren't the nerds. Oh. We're somewhere in between. We're friends with everyone. That's uh, a good place to be. The yeah, soccer it was. boys. Yeah, soccer and tennis. It's a very safe place to be. <laughs> but then you were much cooler after school than I was. Not like at after school activities. Like <laughs> just post school. <laughs> <laughs> Also true though. <laughs> <laughs> like you, you might have been not the cool guy at school, but then you went on to be. Well, I don't You're definitely think so. the cool guy now. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate it. It's because I've got just a hot from an objective. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Like I've always just been like a, I've been brought up with a family that's very friendly, very hospitable. And that's just some, the way I've always lived my life. So I just feel like when doing that and, and trying to look after people and make people happy that you surround yourself with cool, amazing people. He's answering very diplomatically. I was, <laughs> I was more getting at that you were a model and worked in nightclubs. <clears throat> you were that kind of cool guy. <laughs> but that didn't come till much later. When I was like, when I was a kid, I was like a fat kid, braces. You were bad not skin. that fat kid. I was. He was. Fat. <gasps> oh my god, we'll have to send you a photo. Fat. Oh, please do. I, yes, fat kid, glasses, braces. So I actually hated high school. I hated primary school. Like I actually didn't like school at all. I sort of came into myself much after high school. Mm -hmm. And I think, again, that was after, uh, when I was 18, I didn't go on schoolies because I was saving for a European trip. So straight after high school, I took a year uh, hiatus and just traveled around Europe. And I think that made me grow up a lot. Mm. Just doing something like that as an 18 year old, very green, you know, wet behind the ears, 18 year old. I think that made me grow up and see the world and know that I want to see more of it. Mm. And then I was, I don't really know how to describe myself? I was just kind of the theatre nerd, like at school and beyond. Remains still, yeah, so same. I was, yeah, at school probably the same as you. Not like not in the mean girls group, but not in the loser group either. And then after school, I went on. I just always knew what I wanted to do. I just knew I wanted to be a journo. So I was a bit of a nerd at school for that reason because I I wanted to get the marks and knew what I wanted to do afterwards. But yeah, since I, I don't know, I've just kind of been there. The theatre nerd girl, I've known what I like and I'm not embarrassed by it, but not particularly cool either. <laughs> <laughs> I love hearing though when people do know since they were young what they wanted to do and then they actually end up doing that because mm. it's actually quite rare to have such a linear trajectory these days. Like people still don't know what they want to do even though they've fallen into something. So yeah. I love that you've been there from the beginning, got into TV in Tassie, like before you even moved to Melbourne. So how did you – you got into journalism – and then you pretty much just went yeah. from there. So I did grow up in Melbourne and then moved to did Tassie you? for work. Oh, yeah. I didn't know and I that. always confuse people with that because It's because you always tell people you're from Tasmania. Because I love Tassie. <laughs> yeah. um, I thought then, you were a Tassie girl. <laughs> and then confuse people even more when my sister got married in Tassie. Okay. But she's from Melbourne. So I went to school in Melbourne and uni and then, yeah, I, I always knew I wanted to be a journo and so just got into, worked really hard at school, got into the course that I wanted to get into, worked all the way through and then, um, yeah, basically just went straight into the workforce. I did a little gap year and, and worked in resorts for a while, but that was just to give my poor brain a, a break. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so got a, a regional job in regional Victoria 
which was a shitty, shitty job. But I <laughs> went in every day. I only cried like once a day. Um, Good, I seriously solid. hated the job so much. Um, and then was offered my first on-air TV job in Launceston, Tasmania. And I just went down there and put my head down and my bum up and, and wanted to enjoy it, wanted to make friends, wanted to immerse myself um, in the Tasmanian life as well as the work. And I absolutely loved it and ended up doing nearly five years in, in Tassie all up and just fell so in love with the place and loved the work, which I'm glad I did because back to what you were saying about not many people have a really clear idea of what they want to do. It's almost scary having that clear idea because then there's the of there's course, the chance, yeah. yeah, and there's the chance that you might fail, or you might not actually like it when you get into it. So I feel very lucky that I had this idea of what I wanted to do. I ended up being good enough at it to do it, and I love it. So I feel very lucky about that. Not not just that I put my head to it and made sure it happened. That doesn't always happen for people. Yeah, or it might not no. turn out how they thought. Yeah, exactly. And you ended up as a primetime anchor, which is yeah. incredible. What did that feel like you when know you what? had worked all that time to Of get there? all the weird things I've done in my life already, I think the one <laughs> thing that still I, I pinch myself about more than anything else is that, what you just said, that, that I, I was that, the anchor of a Monday to Friday 6pm bulletin for statewide news. I think that just still blows my mind that... I'm only 30 and I've already done that. Yeah. I, it was just, I think, a matter of circumstance and of hard work and but also a bit of being in the right place at the right time, um, being good enough at my job and, and keen to do what I wanted to do and loving what I did and putting all my hard work into it. And like I said, the right place at the right time, I feel very grateful to have done that and I loved it. Like how, how lucky am I to have been able to do that and have that under my belt. Yeah. Absolutely. But you make your Incredible. own luck. I mean, you can say you're lucky, but you did the hard work. You put yourself in those positions. You did the hard yards in like the regional areas and stuff like that. And that's why you deserve to get it. You make your own luck. Well, thanks, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also do think that from the outside, TV can look so glamorous and it does look like the anchors literally just rock up, hair and makeup done, read a script, it, you don't see all the hard work that goes into it or that it those positions are few and far between and you're mm. competing for like decades, positioning yourself in every possible way to get there. So when you say working hard and, and doing really well at your job, what does that actually mean? Like for any aspiring journalists out there, what do you have to do to position yourself right? Is it relationships based? Is it being like, how do you know that they're casting for a new anchor position and how does that all happen? There's so many answers to all of those questions you <laughs> yeah. ask. There's no formula that works for everybody. And that's the thing with, that's why I say right place at the right time. Anchor positions often come up, you know, once in every couple of decades. Look at Peter Hitchner in Melbourne. He's been reading Channel 9 News for 30-something 30 years, years. So there have been a couple of lots of journos that have come through in his time that have just literally never had the chance to read the news because he's kept that coveted position. Yeah. So hard work is a massive thing in wanting to get to the top in any job. Um, journalism and, and news is certainly one of those. It's such a competitive industry. A huge thing I think was the reason that I've been successful and a lot of people are is not being negatively competitive. Mm. Um Competitive to the point that you always need to make sure you're doing the best job, that you don't let anyone kind of, you know, slide in under you, but 
to the point where you're still a nice person to work with. People want to be around you. People want to be working with you. They're not kind of scared that you're going to undercut them at any point. Um, I think that's a huge thing. And even more so as the world becomes a bit more open to what people are doing around them. I think things like social media are opening everyone's eyes to personalities and what's actually really going on. And I think the days of, you know, the nasty girl in the newsroom who's undercutting someone or sleeping their way to the top or all those cliches, I think that's really done. And I think people get jobs more and more on their merits and on being a good person to be around. Yeah, totally. So, I mean, if you have to work with them every day. Absolutely. That's exactly it. And, it, yeah, it is a cliche that, you know, the nasty, horrible people get those top jobs in media. I just don't think that's the way anymore. Mm. There are two things that I always think of. One is, will this person walk away thinking I'm a pleasure to work with? And the second one is a quote, obviously. People will never remember what you say or what you do. They'll always remember how you made them feel. Yeah. Absolutely love that. And that's like your legacy like what do you leave people with in every interaction and sometimes you only have one interaction you have one chance to when you meet the cast the producer of you know a news show or you meet the right person you have one chance exactly you've only got one shot one opportunity Opportunity. sees every (laughs) moment (laughs) i knew you were just hanging with sarah to finish so you could do that really sorry that was amazing that was amazing if you don't know what we're talking about you obviously don't follow Eminem (laughs) okay so I yeah I just love seeing that you know there's also so much pressure now when you do end up getting a big profile and getting recognized to then use that to become an influencer full-time or to start your own business and I love that you've just had this career in your mind and I, I don't think a lot of people know that you were actually an anchor before The Bachelorette. Like, yeah, that's, that's one of my awesome. biggest frustrations, I think, is that um, a lot of people say, you know, also, how did you end up in news from The Bachelorette? And that's one thing I really tried to shirk. So after Bachelorette, I very purposely took, um, you know, stepped away from the media because I didn't want all the hard work I had done and the credibility I'd built to be forgotten because all of a sudden I was in people's minds as The Bachelorette and then all of a sudden I rock up on 10 News. I think everyone would have forgotten what I did before. So I I just stepped out of it for a bit and, and worked away and, you know, kept my contacts and kept in touch with the right people but didn't want to put myself back in front of the public's eyes too quickly because mm. I think I just would have always had the, eh, you're only on the news because you're on The Bachelorette. Yeah. And I just didn't want that. But I, you, do, you do still get it a little bit but I think stepping away from the limelight for a bit helped that, you know, that, that didn't happen too much because I didn't look like I was just trying to leverage off yeah. my 15 minutes. Yeah. Because I don't want to. That's, you know, I, I truly, and I can say this with my hand on my heart three years later, I went on that show to meet a partner and to find somebody to start a relationship, not to be on TV. I was already Yeah, I was going to say, you already on TV. So you didn't yeah. need to, you know, there's so much talk, throw, you know, people throwing it around now that people go on reality TV to get a profile. But you're like, hello, I already had I already one. had my absolute dream job <laughs> yeah. that I actually left to do that. So, yeah, yeah it was a big risk and lucky this guy's yeah. sitting next to me otherwise. Like, <laughs> I out. might regret it. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely want to talk about that, that big decision to sort of walk away from the dream job. But first, Lee, can you tell us about your young years and your career as a mechanical plumber? 
Also, well, what I, is a mechanical exactly. plumber? Exactly. <laughs> I was, was going to say, so many people ask me about that. <laughs> Basically, I work in uh, commercial and industrial heating, anything associated with healing, heating and cooling. So no toilets. So that's, oh, I'm not that sort of <laughs> yeah. plumber. Not that there's anything wrong with that. They actually get paid much more than me. Um, but actually, I, f- I sort of fell into that job too, because like I said before, I went traveling for a year um, straight after high school. I got into what I thought I always wanted to be and it was, would you believe, a mechanical engineer. Um, and I actually went back and studied mechanical engineering for a couple of years and just realized it wasn't for me. I'm not somebody that can be stuck uh, behind a computer or an office. Um, I'm more of a hands-on sort of a person. So I actually literally can't imagine you as an engineer in an at office. All. <laughs> no, it's, yeah, it just, it just wasn't for me. It just didn't feel right. Like I wasn't failing or anything like that. It just wasn't for me. And it was, I remember that being just a huge turn in my life with trying to decide where I wanted to go. Like like you, you had this idea of where you wanted to go and what you wanted to do and I had that and then all of a sudden, you know, over a couple of years I realised actually that's not what I wanted. So I, um, I sort of fell into plumbing as a thing to tide me over just until I worked out what it was I wanted to do with my life and I realised I actually love it. I'm good at it um, and, you know, you can make a great living off it and it's very feasible hours for, you know, having with family and mm. socially and things like that. You, yes, it's their early starts, <laughs> extremely early starts. But the early finishes. Earlier right? finishes. Yeah. Um, and, you know, what? I genuinely, and I can ha- hand on heart say I love what I do. Um, I love getting up and going to work. I don't, I couldn't think of anything worse than somebody going to work and just hating what they do and just doing it just to exist. Mm. I'd hate to just think I was ever just existing. Like I genuinely love what I do. I love, because it, like I work in construction, I love standing back at the end of the day and looking and going, I did that. My father, um, when he was young, it was actually an electrician and he did a lot of the big buildings in, within Melbourne when he came from England. And when we were younger, I still remember we'd go through like Melbourne and my father would be like, oh, I was, you know, I was foreman for this building. I worked on this building oh. and he was so proud about it. And I love that. And I still remember that. And I like, I, that I actually now. do that. I, I, do that I do that with you. <laughs> 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 really but like, I'm proud of my work. I'm good at what I do and I love it. Um, and yeah, I, I feel like at the end of the day, I feel like I'm achieving something. I'm actually accomplishing something and you can see it. Mm. So, and you know, I'm doing that with my own hands. So I, I genuinely love it. Plumbing was something that I, I fell into and I've now been doing it 17 years. Whoa. Mm, I'm man. that old. <laughs> no, but also so, you're that committed to what you're doing. I don't think anyone's been in it. anything for 17 yeah, years. No. Again, like I, and it's not something like there's op- other opportunities that have come up and I, other things I've thought about. And it's like, no, no, I, I love what I do. Um, you can make a great living out of it as well. And it allows me to do other things as well. Like mm. it, it's... You know, I, I, I work to live, not live to work. Um, and I might, as I've said before, I, like I want to travel, I want to see the world, I want to experience everything there is to offer. And I don't want to get, you know, 40, 50 years down the track and realise I've spent that entire time working. Mm. I um, obviously love to work, but at the end of the day, I also want to live my life. I think that's something that stands out so much about you two and why I've been so excited to interview both is not not because you met on The Bachelorette, like that's part of the story, but because CZA is about finding the life structure generally, yeah. like whether it's with a partner or without a partner, whatever it is, but just finding the life that makes you happy. And for a lot of people, and particularly a lot of people I've interviewed already, that's been leaving a job to start a business because that gives them flexibility or because of whatever, or because it's their passion. But you guys stand out as people who have jobs that you love. 
yep. and yeah. that you've been working in for a really long time and that's quite unusual but I do want to show to all our listeners that you don't have to do the standard like leave your job start a business it's not the only way to be happy you know no, no, but I mean absolutely if that does not. make you happy I absolutely mean it's great do it. yeah exactly. but I, but I, it, yeah you're right that that kind of is Almost everyone, not not everyone, but the people you hear from in, in this kind of thing, that's the story. Oh, I was working day in, day out and I hated it and, uh, you know, I had this passion that I wasn't following. But, yeah, some people, their passion is what they're following and that's yeah. really invigorating to hear as well. Yeah, and I don't think it gets heard as much because it's not your typical, like, I left this, took a big risk kind yeah. of story. Because it's probably not nearly as interesting. I think but. it really <laughs> is because for me it's a lot rarer to hear that. I'm like, you actually put your eggs in the right basket in the beginning yep. instead of me yeah. who spent like seven years in the wrong one that was like, fuck this shit, I'm moving. <laughs> you know, like you guys had it sorted and that's amazing. Amazing that Thanks. you still enjoy what you do and you still have goals in those jobs. Yeah, Absolutely. So for people listening, like you don't, you, you can love the same thing for 17 years yeah. and still think it's... I think that's a real thing of our generation, isn't it? That everyone thinks they've got to move on to the next thing and mm. everyone's chopping and changing, but... I think there's something really to come from working up in the in the job or the career or industry, whatever it is, um, you know, sticking to that and working up through that. It doesn't always have to be about changing. Yeah. No, I think we're a bit old-fashioned with that. Like we like, – <laughs> I like that where we, we have got something that we want. That's, we're not – I think today's oh, – yeah, this makes me sound Today's like, I was going to say kids, kids, and I was like, oh, no. God. <laughs> kids today. Oh just, I just God. feel like things are just so disposable and jobs yeah. are so easy to come by and like – Instant gratuities. We've had it, and I hate this. Absolutely, absolutely, and we've had like quite a high turnover of apprentices, and Mm. it's more of recent times. And just because it's too hard, I don't like that. Or don't stick to something. And there's always an excuse for something, and like I hate that. I was like, well, no, no, I've worked hard. I I paid my dues, and Mm. you know, I'm I'm reaping the benefits of it now. But you have to do the shit bit. Absolutely, yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of young kids also mistake their boredom Mm. or challenge or discomfort in like a hard period as like, oh, it's not my passion. And it's like, well, I'm not passionate all the time in what I'm doing now. And you can't be because that's just not a feasible way to live. (laughs) And nothing is like that unless you're way too comfortable and not you know, learning or doing something yeah, interesting. But I think we forget that because yeah. we're so used to these days being able to swap between things so easily mm. that you do get this really low tolerance for just sticking with things. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. We, I mean, we, you and I both love what we do, but we have days and weeks where... Absolutely. Where there's, you know, you have bad days yeah. and we come home and we'll talk about it and, but, you know, they doesn't make us want to quit. No. Yeah. Or change and jobs or, or, or like... No, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not a yoga retreat. Or... <laughs> <laughs> well, that does sound good. Yeah. <laughs> Bali right now yeah. would be pretty good. <laughs> little, little beach club in Mexico. <laughs> no, I'll go in on that. <laughs> <laughs> Next time you do the podcast with us, it'll be from it'll Mexico. Be Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> stop journalism. Stop. Well, I mean, forget what I said. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you have also been modelling. I think you, Georgia, mentioned that it was since he was younger, so pre-bachelor. Very much pre-bachelor. It was all pre-bachelor, basically. But again, that was something I fell into, and that wasn't that wasn't until like I was twenty-two, I don't think. And that was just because a friend of mine she just sent in photos to Chadwick Modeling Agency. I didn't even know about it. I just got a phone call from <laughs> from Chadwick Modeling Agency, and I literally thought it was my mate. So I hung up on him. <laughs> I said, Whatever. Good one. <laughs> Things only ever said by beautiful people. <laughs> 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 Presented by Leah. <laughs> so again, it, it was just something that I 
it never took seriously. It was never, I always had my plumbing job. Um, and if it ever affected the plumbing, it, I would, just wouldn't do it. Um, but it was something that where I got to meet some amazing people, went through my 20s, um, did some amazing things and, you know, earned money that allowed me to, again, travel. So I really enjoyed it. But again, I never took it that seriously. There was that times was where you didn't call yourself Australia's hottest tradie in 2011. Oh, Someone's don't bring that up. <laughs> he would have brought it up himself. Don't worry. He had, I'm trying to hide that. Victoria. No, you it, it, it came up in the paper the other day because the guy I beat, oh, here we go, this sounds awful. Exactly. Jared Scott is now dating, oh, um, I don't know. I can't remember. Really interesting chat, that one. We should, we'll come back to that. But someone famous. Anyway, that was many, many years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I googled it and then I was like, how long ago was this? 2011. He's still, he's Do I bring it up? Yes, I will. <laughs> oh, that was some time ago. Because his claim to fame is that that's the last year they did that competition. So, so he I'm can actually say he's still, still Victorian Tasmania's hottest trade. Reigning champion. Because there's never been another no one. Undefeated. <laughs> Undefeated. <laughs> is that on your LinkedIn? It's, it's on my MySpace. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I wonder if people listening know what my space is <laughs> you are sounding so, so old. old in this chat <laughs> well i get all the references so, so i'm like wow so what's amazing is that this is all pre-bachelorette pre the you guys that we met on tv and then got to know as your relationship unfolded so what led both of you to that decision and you both had to leave your jobs for that so it was and if you're both loving your jobs, that's an even bigger decision. So mm. how did that? I, I had to quit my job um, at the time because obviously, I, and on the proviso that I, I could be gone for a week or I could be gone for three months. Um, but I was at the point in my life where, you know, I had dated people before and it hadn't worked out and I had past relationships. And as we've just discussed, I'm not getting any younger. Um, so <laughs> I was like, I've never been a conventional person. And I thought, well, you know what, who's to say that, I, I couldn't meet my, uh, you know, the woman of my dreams on The Bachelorette. You know, just throw caution to the wind. At the end of the day, I looked at it as from a point of view where I know I'm not a bad person. I know they're going to cast people as, as villains and things like that. Like I knew full well that I, if I went on there that I would, you know, if the woman didn't like me, um, then I'd go on, do something crazy, do something that not many people can say they've done, um, and then I'm sent home. Best case scenario, I'm sitting here in my kitchen podcasting <gasps> with my uh, girlfriend of nearly three years now. Mm. And Georgia. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is awkward. I didn't want you to find out this way. <laughs> Thanks, Sarah. <Sorry. laughs> I was talking about Padre. Obvi. Oh, she's so cute. Yeah, she's so cute. Um, I was like, as if I would date him. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> only the Victorian and Tasmanian champion. <laughs> I wasn't even born in 2011. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> All right. My answer to that same question is, well, I was I was approached about it. I didn't apply myself, which neither did Lee. Oh, um, you were both approached. Yeah, oh. yeah. That's so, even more destiny. Yeah, yeah I think so. I think, and we, we're both big believers in that, which is why we both did it. Because I think that it's, probably, it's really the same answer from both of us in that we are not we don't like to be what if people. So if an opportunity presents itself, I'm a bit more um, airy fairy than you. I like to, if, if an opportunity presents itself, I think it's for some greater reason. There's the universe has put that in my path for a reason. And I more felt if I said no to it, I would forever think what if. Yeah. And I just hate that feeling. Well, no of, one plays, no, you know, you play the what if game, no one wins. 
Yeah, exactly. So and I just hate always doing that. You only regret that. the things you never do. Yeah, yeah. So, so I just kind of went along with the process, not thinking it was ever going to actually come off. But I thought, oh, yeah, sure, I'll go along with the application process because what a weird story to tell about that time <laughs> that I, you know, had interviews about being the Bachelorette. Um, but as it kept going, I kept realising, oh, God, I'm still through. It's, it's surely getting to less and less people. And then... Um, again, I think the universe coming into play somewhat is while this was all happening, my mum was diagnosed with cancer and that as cliche as it sounds, just made me change every priority I had, put everything into a different perspective. And I very much looked at that as, you know, I, I may go through the hardest time of my life with this and who have I got to support me mm. and who have I got that, you know, my mum's got my dad to support her through something difficult. I don't have that because I've always moved away for a job. I've, I've lost relationships because I've moved away. I've always put my career first. Maybe this is a sign that I should be putting family and love first. Mm-hmm. So I, I took that as even more of a sign and yeah, the rest, the rest is history. They picked me for some unknown reason <laughs> <laughs> and I did it. Such a good reason. Such a good story. And I don't want to t- talk too much about Batchy because I feel like you get you guys get asked a lot about that. And also all the episodes are still available to watch. So go back and watch <laughs> the second season of Bachelorette Australia because it's absolutely amazing. Oh, Especially now watching back and oh knowing that you ended up together is so much more fun to watch it because it's like, ooh. You see all the little moments. I know. That's the only thing I'm annoyed about is that we never got to watch our season unknowing you know no. i was always a massive batchy fan so i love just yeah. watching and seeing it unfold and with mine it was like boring i know the ending <laughs> well yeah i went back and watched it like i don't know maybe two, two years ago when yeah. we started to get to know you guys better and i was like this is so much better <laughs> i didn't even know cam as well i was yeah. like this is so weird <laughs> that's weird yeah. <laughs> that's I'm really weird a six foot six son yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah. So anyway, yeah, I figure that since there's so much material out there about that, that we would talk more about the behind the scenes of it. So what was my big question for anyone who goes through something like that is what was the transition like from being, I mean, you were still on the news every day and on TV every day, but from that to actually like pop culture recognized, like on the street, in Who magazine, in the Daily Mail, what was that like for you guys, particularly when it was not individually, it was your love story? your vulnerable moments of like actually finding the love of your life so public how did you guys find that transition particularly never having done it never having been a couple not in the spotlight to be honest it's completely (laughs) bizarre but i think on the whole everyone was kind of it was behind us and like obviously you're going to get people that are negative and things like that but 99 percent of what came out was positive and was behind us and people love us for us um and so I found it completely bizarre that if you open a newspaper or a magazine or, you know, your, your <laughs> mm. grandmother's cutting out clippings from her magazine. Yeah, yeah. It was so strange. I mean, and certainly obviously the way it played out with the finale, the, you know, which way it could have gone. And yeah, we understand why they did that for, you know, to viewers. Because to be honest, if they actually had shown everything that happened, it wouldn't have been a TV show. It would have no, been a boring series because it was so obvious yeah. that it was going to so, be like... Yeah, but we don't. Like, love you. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, this is boring. Let's just not show him for the last yeah. five episodes. Yeah. <laughs> just went off a smoker. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but on um, on the kind of being recognised and stuff, it's still weird. It's still incredibly weird because we are very normal people. Neither of us have ever let this inflate 
you know, our selves or our, our sense of who we are. So it's still super, super weird um, to ever see ourselves in a magazine or have people <laughs> just know who we are. And, you know, we're, we're far from famous and, and everyone knowing us, but anyone knowing us is, is still weird. And I don't think we'll ever get used, to, used that. to that. But no. that's probably a good thing. I think if you do get used to it, you probably don't lose a sense there. of reality yeah, a bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think in the bit between the finale coming out, well, you guys finishing filming and knowing obviously the result and then the finale coming out, obviously you couldn't show anyone that you were together. Mm. And you were Rose DeWitt? Correct. You oh, have done your research. Wow. James Cameron? Michael Cameron. Michael Cameron. Michael Cameron. Oh, good. But reason. I like how you went James Cameron. Yeah. Oh, I see the, I see the tie there. I'm a former lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, how did you guys manage the secrecy of that? Oh, terribly. My favourite story <laughs> is well, my least favourite story, but it's funny, is because we were obviously both living in Melbourne too. Um, we had to I just realised what, what story I'm going to tell. <laughs> we had to talk to each other about what we were doing every day, so we didn't run into each other because oh, we weren't allowed to be seen awkward. together. But one night I went out um, with some girlfriends, and so I messaged Lee and I said, "We're going out to this place." You know, don't go there, ha ha. <laughs> he got so drunk with his friends in his happy drunken mind, he thought, you know what would be a cute thing to do? Go, go and there. surprise her. <laughs> oh, no. So he rocks up at the same place I was at and <clears throat> I didn't see him yet. I just had a bunch of people coming up to me and going, oh, my God, Lee from your show is here. <sighs> so then, of course... Everyone thought that I definitely didn't eat my best friends I was with. Well, she definitely doesn't pick Lee or they would have spoken about this. And so I had to run and leave the venue and pretend I just had to quickly go somewhere. (laughs) And all of my friends were like, putting money on anyone else but Lee because they go, I know for a fact he didn't win because he rocked up at the same nightclub oh, and they no. didn't know. So you're welcome. I <laughs> called him and went through him and he's going, I was trying to surprise you, boo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so thoughtful. Yeah, idiot. <laughs> That's so cute. So it was difficult. <laughs> that oh, period was very difficult. It was, and it, there was quite a bit of time too. There was probably... Two, two months, months yeah. yeah. Especially in, in your first time, you yeah. know, your first moments of being a couple. Exactly. But and we're what? finally allowed to not have cameras and producers around, but we're also not allowed to see each, each other. other. Yeah, because there are probably <laughs> cameras probably more around. stipulations on us just afterwards, like in that period of time. But the one thing that we did enjoy, they did organise these rendezvous, like these secret covert oh, rendezvous, yeah. where they literally hired security companies to drive us out to the most, rem- literally, yes, the most remote, no- yes, yeah, remote places. It's like which some of them didn't have power. <laughs> um, well, it was meant to have power. The power had just gone out, but we couldn't get it back on because we weren't allowed to contact anyone while we were so, there because oh they found gosh. out where we were. <laughs> so, and but the things I remember one time where we, I had organised this entire dinner, this beautiful <laughs> dinner, and I spent like a couple of hours going to the markets, buying everything, got there. Took, spent another couple of hours because I knew full well that she was going to arrive five Thanks hours so. after me. A couple of hours preparing it. Went to turn the gas on to cook this roast. Oh. No gas. No gas. Oh. <laughs> so no roast. Well. Chicken sashimi. As, as yeah. it was. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird that we got really sick. <laughs> I lost a lot of pounds. <laughs> <laughs> this new relationship is great for my waistline. <laughs> <laughs> So since then, obviously rocketing even further into the spotlight, you guys 
have probably had some really, really glamorous moments of the things that you've been able to do, like go to the Logies, all of that super exciting stuff. And then I can imagine there's also some super unglamorous stuff as well behind the scenes. So what would be, you know, one of each of those that really stick out for you? Definitely the Logies, as you said. That's just something since I can remember as, as long as I can remember sitting down and watching the Logies red carpet, just being like, oh, imagine being there one day. So I had this huge, big where am I moment when when we were actually there to get, well, I was there at all, and, and let alone with you, um, of just kind of everything felt surreal and it was just so amazing. We had the most incredible night. And we'd mm. spent a few people leading up to it, and, and these are probably people that have done like multiple Logies. And they're yeah, like, like oh, such a long Logies. night. And, and we just had the most incredible oh, night. So overexcited. We're such so losers. Such <laughs> noobs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. That was my favorite glamorous moment. What about yours? I, I reckon that's probably my favorite glamorous moment for like if, for the two of us. We have, we are very lucky. We've, we've been to a lot of um, amazing things, but I think for mine, that's the, most gorgeous I've ever seen you look. Mm. And I just, I love that night. That we just, just everything about it, the lead up to it, seeing how excited you were for it. <laughs> and um, just like even the, the lead up, like the dress fittings, I was invited to the dress fittings. <laughs> was I, was the, uh, the designer even let me put my input in. So, yes, no, yeah. Yeah, amazing. yeah no, I, I screenshotted your dress from that and was like, I kind of want to get married in this. Oh my God, really? <laughs> yes. That's a huge compliment. Oh, it looked amazing. Oh, it was it so beautiful. So and no pressure so on how I'm going to look next time I wear a white dress. I know. <laughs> it's the best you've ever looked. <laughs> so is marriage on the cards? Marriage babies? Oh, God, calm down. <laughs> We've got a fur baby. Got a fur you baby do have already. a fur baby. <laughs> she can um, hear. Yeah, yeah she yeah, can. Oh, no, she just listening. rolled over as we said that. <laughs> Um, I mean, we've just moved in together six months ago, so we've certainly been in no rush to, you know, meet any expectations of when people thought we might, um, you know, be getting engaged or anything like that. But I think the last six months is, is, soli- is very much me. Tell me if, if you disagree. <laughs> it's very awkward. But, oh, <laughs> please, I'm just walking out. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, I've got dinner. Uh, yeah. Oh, my <laughs> <Bye. laughs> uh, No, but it is, I think it's really solidified. Um, our relationship more and just kind of made us realise we, we you know, want to do this and <laughs> we oh, can live together and we can have a real life together rather than just being partners. So we, we both definitely want to get married someday, but we're not in any rush to please anyone else. No, and yeah. we, we've always done everything on our time. Like we're not doing, we're not conforming to anyone or if, you know, everyone's like saying you'd be married by now or having kids and you know, we've always done it on our own time and problem is all our friends are getting married so we actually don't have any time to make <laughs> yeah, true. Have yeah true we would always be cutting oh. into someone else's time of excitement we've got two or three overseas weddings this year oh how exciting so they send wait. you broke though engagements baby showers weddings i'm like where is my money for my own wedding yeah like, exactly yeah, exactly all the presents like. well i've told lee about the rule that it's 12 months salary for a ring so that's why he's uh, at that's least not, it's, it's not quite the rule it's my rule i believe you'll find that it's three months a, it's this is the rule, rule i just made up yeah. <laughs> so the next segment is nata which is all the things that get in the way of you 
living your best life and enjoying your happiness. And I love this section because I think that's the stuff that you don't tend to share as much on social media or in the public, just by nature, not because you're hiding anything, but just because you don't tend to feel like posting when you're going through a tough time. And I can imagine, especially for you guys, you'd have quite unique challenges from being so in the public eye when you first started and trying to get private time when everyone's in your face and the pressure of things like when you're getting married, you know, Mm. everyone's so involved in what you're doing, but also family productivity pressure of like needing to stay in the spotlight and being connected all the time. Burnout, I can imagine is a tough one. So what have been some of your challenges along the way? Literally at least one of everything you just said. (laughs) And together and separately as well. What have you found? Yeah, Yeah. well, certainly relationship wise, um, we had a really tough start. I'm not not, um, embarrassed or ashamed to say that. We had a tough start for many, many reasons. But um, I think looking at them all separately, they would have been hard. So the first hurdle obviously was our, um, my mum passed away 24 hours after our Bachelorette finale aired. So literally one day into what was really the start of our relationship was the first time we were allowed to go out in public together, do have normal dates, anything. Um, The worst thing in, in my life happened. So I think that alone for any relationship would be incredibly tough. Put that aside and we had this brand new relationship in the spotlight. Um, There was a lot of pressure with that of everyone wanting to know your every move, having to look like you're happy all the time, even if we weren't. We were still navigating who we were, who each other was. Yeah, it was tough. I'm not I hope you don't mind me saying no, that, no, no, but it was it was no, really it tough. Was... We had some real lows in that time of... I, th- I think if it wasn't public, we probably wouldn't have, but because it was, you have a fight and in a normal relationship, you might have a fight and be pissed off with each other and maybe, you know, not even speak for a day or two mm. and no one really cares about that. But for the first, like, six months we were together, if we didn't post something together for 24 hours there'd be an article saying we'd split up. Mm. So there was this pressure that, you know, if there was something that had gone badly between us and we needed a bit of time apart or or whatever it was, if we did that, then there was that added pressure of everyone breathing down our necks asking if we'd broken up. And Mm. that was so tough. Um, That's something I really, really struggled with. I think particularly because I hadn't gone straight back into work. I was, like, this this was my whole life and I was putting so much pressure on the relationship, which, of course... Is a huge reason it was up and down. Yeah. Um, I was putting so much pressure on it because I'm thinking, well, I've I've left my job for this. Um, you know, my family's all fallen apart. I don't have mum anymore. Uh, if if I'm, you know, I've moved states to be here. If this doesn't work, then what what the hell was it all for? And I put so much pressure on it, and that was very almost too much pressure. We, you know, we we had a really rough start, mm. but in that we had amazing times as well, and we wouldn't have stuck through that if we didn't love each other and didn't want to but also from that rough stuff we we learnt a lot about each other very quickly and you know mm-hmm. in that first six months of being together we probably knew more about each other than couples maybe in year long years long relationships um just because we were a, it was under the spotlight but also just we'd gone through so much and and by doing so we realized that that this was a person we want to be with be it the good times the bad times the indifferent you know, I, I want someone that will be there for me when I'm at my lowest. I want someone to travel the world with and see the world. Um, I want someone to sit on the couch with <laughs> at, on a Sunday night. But we we discovered that within those first six months, and I, and that was tough. And I've and touch wood, I've not had 
lost anyone close to me. So I didn't know how to deal with grief and, you know, it was such a tough time and all I wanted to do is make G happy and I, I couldn't and which is understandable. <laughs> Well, you um, could in some ways, but no, no, yeah. not, not so, you can't the families. No, 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 absolutely. Yeah, yeah. issue. Yeah. Um, so that first six months is, yeah, we, we sort of uh, disappeared a little bit, and rightfully so. Um, it was a very personal matter, and it was something that we needed to deal with ourselves. And to be honest, it, it just wasn't anybody else's business, mm. um, and that's why it got to the point where it was just like, you know, it, this is it's you and me. Yeah, and it was. I don't take away how tough my loss and my grief was on Lee as well, because he's you know gone on this show, met this fun, happy girl, started a relationship with, and within twenty four hours of that being public, that girl wasn't there anymore. I was mm. miserable and unhappy and grieving this incredible amount that I couldn't even have prepared for. Um, you know, my family started to fall apart after that too and he's been thrown into this kind of going, this isn't what I signed up for mm. and that's... But it, but it is. Yeah. It's for, for mind. I mean, I didn't think things like that would happen so soon, obviously not, and nor would I wish for it ever to, but it is what I signed up for. It is what I wanted. I mean, I wanted to find somebody that will be there for me and I will be there for them. It's, you know, it's exactly what I signed up for. It just it happened far too soon. Mm-hmm. And I mean that in like, all due respect. The, I think the, the only strongest p- couples come out of yeah. like six months of pressure is worth like seven years or six years of yeah, absolutely. of easy times. Yeah. You don't I think learn. one thing we'd always say is we'd never question whether either of us actually want to be in this or not because no. we had all the reasons for it not to, to work, work in those first Everything was few against months. us to start with. Mm. But it did and we've come out and I the Again, Better I'll touch wood because I don't want to jinx us, but I don't. <laughs> I don't really think there's anything we couldn't get through. No. After that. No, I agree. If if we come out the other end of that, stronger and better for it, I think um, we're good to go, babe. <laughs> <laughs> I almost. I mean, you don't welcome those situations, but the toughest time. I mean, you can have been together for ten years, mm. and the times when we have become stronger and advanced to a new level have only been the shit times because the yeah. good times is easy like, yep. anyone can have a good relationship when everything's exactly going smoothly right? yeah, yeah when it's rosy and you're having like date night and everything's amazing yeah, and, and logies <laughs> yeah i mean that's it's not it's not what makes a good partnership it's not when you learn about each other it's not when you learn about yourself um and you guys seem like you've been together for many years because you've probably funneled through all that stuff yeah. you know which means you don't have those doubts or fears or worries it's a funny sliding doors type thing to think like I wonder where we would be or what our relationship would be like if we had just met in a normal way and or if mum hadn't passed away at that time. I truly can't imagine where we would be. It would be very different though. It would be so different. But we have discussed this before too. Like Whilst on the show we discussed so many places and times we were within the same vicinity but I love the fact that fate didn't have us meet then. Like we weren't ready then. We we'll both very openly say we would not have liked each other if we'd met each other before really? the show. Because <laughs> and look, if we if we'd taken time to get to know each other, of course we would because we love everything Eventually, about each yeah. other. Yeah. But but on um, judgments and first opinions, I'm not the kind of girl Lee would have ever gone for, and he wasn't the kind of guy I would have ever gone for. Which is why we love uh, we love why we met on the Bachelorette because we got to know each other away from. All the crap that you normally all the, have all to. the distractions yeah. and things exactly. as well. Your friends telling your you things about them, looking them up on Facebook. Yeah. 
I love it. I, I genuinely think like that's a bit old fashioned too. Like we we got to know each other from talking. What the other one yep, said. said. Yeah. That's so, so different. I, love, I know. But it, is, but so, but I it love was it. obviously meant to be this way. Exactly. I think so. <laughs> that's so lovely. So what about other challenges that you guys have faced in your journeys to finding your happiness? I know you had a throat operation last year and by you, I'm pointing at Georgia (laughs) Um, and Lee burnt his hand really badly. (laughs) One's far more serious. Maybe less, (laughs) less accidentally. (laughs) But I mean, you've both been in hospital recently and that obviously affects work. And again, also being connected all the time, your careers are kind of not, not your main careers, but your outside of your main job careers depend on you being, you know, connected and online all the time Mm -hmm. and not, I imagine getting a lot of rest between all the extra things that you're doing all the time. So how do you guys manage those kinds of things? Yeah. The, the rest is something we're still trying to manage. We've, we've discussed this year that we want to spend more time with like, like we're we're very, very lucky. We've got a lot of amazing people around us. um, But it's just a matter of like trying to find time to spend with everyone mm. um, and we truly want to and we've, we've discussed that this year we want to actually spend more time with like the, the quality friends that we have that you know that we see will be mm. in our lives 20 30 years from now mm. um, and just with each other as well that, not always doing stuff but just being you know just us and that's yeah so about my my throat operation I, that's why I still sound husky now and it was it was seven weeks nice, ago oh. I feel like I'm in charge yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah I, I developed a cyst on my vocal cord that ruptured and that's I don't know exactly when that happened or why but I know that it's because of um stress and not having enough rest and downtime and um I've just stuffed myself and it it has and and can actually affect my career so um I think I've learned a lot about time for myself and resting and putting yourself and your health first as well and that's something that we're kind of going into this year being more positive towards ourselves and what we're doing and mm. and not having to say yes to everything yeah. which didn't, didn't really start that well <laughs> he's, that he's showing his hand 30 seconds to midnight to give myself third degree burns and spending the rest on of the, New Year's Eve on New Year's Eve uh, well, at least you look pretty in the hospital. <laughs> with the most well, best dressed dress. in <laughs> <laughs> But it is, I mean, it must be so hard. You guys are so loved by everyone. that Everyone wants a piece of you. And often it's not the people who you want a piece of that you get time left over for. And we find that on a much, much smaller scale than you guys. But because when you're known separately and as a couple as well, the time that you get left over to just be on your own is very Limited. few and far yeah. between, yeah. I think that's one of the reasons we've said we, we need to spend more time just just as us and just with the people that we love because, you know, a lot of time when we go out, even if we are going out just the two of us and people are so lovely to come up and say hello when they do. People only ever come up to be nice. Uh, yeah. We've been very, again, I say lucky with this, but yeah, people have been so amazing and positive and people want to know about us because they're generally interested they in you. our yeah, uh, yeah. relationship. Yeah, yeah, not for like a trolling no. reason. No, uh, no, no. But it does get tiring as well to always be on because you you've got to, you kind of always got to be on. So sometimes we just like to sit on the couch so no one will talk to us. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> So that actually leads me to the last segment, which is called Play TA. And that that's my favourite part of this whole podcast because it gets at the idea that we all def- – Hey, Port. Port's is coming to join us. I knew. I told you she'd come up. Port is literally just sat on the chair next to Sarah. She's right near the microphone. 
Hello, little ones. <laughs> She's so cute. She's very bloody cute. She knows yeah. that that's the yeah, problem. I was about to say, don't let looks deceive you. <laughs> she had yes. last segment. She's Satan. like, I'm getting in on this. Yeah. Play? I'm here for Play. it. <laughs> so, yeah, so it just gets at the idea that we all define ourselves a lot by our output, by what we're achieving. I think particularly because social media is doing a lot of good for stopping us from holding in our achievements and we're celebrating what we're doing more, which is great, and sharing that with lots of people and people are changing their lives, making careers, all of that kind of thing. But it does end up leaving not enough space, I think, for just joy because there's so much busy. There's so much productivity pressure. So I like to ask people if they have an identity outside their work or outside the persona that people kind of assign to them and what they do just for joy. So is there anything that you guys do that's just for the pleasure of doing it? We love food and wine. Um, <laughs> a little and, bit too much. <laughs> but generally, like, it, it's, you know what, like, just a date night, just the two of us, a beautiful restaurant, uh, beautiful wine, and just, uh, yeah, just the two of us, no worry about anything else. It, um, that's something that we generally enjoy doing just for ourselves. Yeah, Not, and then outside of that, even, like, kind of activities. I mean, you, um, you know, Lee's really, really good with... Um, making time to hang out with his friends i think you're the only guy i've ever known who has like a mandate at least once a week you're really good at at giving yourself and your your friends a lot of time you know you play basketball with some of your mates and tennis with others and that's something you do that that you love that's outside any expectation that you've ever even you know posted that you've done any of that um and yeah, I love I, – my girlfriends are incredibly important to me as well. So um, just spending an hour sitting down with one of them, just shooting the shit and not feeling like I've got to be anyone or in particular or say anything in particular is something that gives me great, great joy, which probably sounds like a really cliche answer. but No, it's a great yeah. answer. I don't think yeah. people do it enough. No. Yeah. I look at it as what are the activities that make you forget what time it is. That's yes. how I kind of measure whether you're getting joy. And I think a lot of people don't have I any. Yep. Yeah, like I love they that. genuinely don't let themselves fall into that that level of separation from like deadlines and yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm a thing, real dork. Especially when you, like, you've got things like you're carrying mobile phones these mm. days. And so you're far more accessible. You can do so much wherever you are. Yeah. But, um, and even going on holidays, like you don't seem to like wind down for like a week or so because you've just, you're attached to this phone. And yeah, well, content, mm. like, <laughs> oh, exactly. we're at the beach. Yeah. <laughs> but that's something that leads me to another kind of big love of mine. something that brings me joy, which is super dorky, but I love... Musical theatre. Well, <laughs> no, that's not dorky, that's really cool. No, I just sure. like... <laughs> um, Whatever helps you. you sleep at night. Yeah. <laughs> I actually got invited to something recently and I thought of asking you, but I was like, she'll already be invited. Oh my God. But I was like, who loves musical theatre? Me. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I think it was Jersey Boys. But I'll oh, let you, anyway, yeah. so good. You have to say it. it's really good. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I was I was going to say um, dorkier than that is literally just sitting down and reading a book. Mm. I'll put my phone in my bedroom and go. We've got this uh, beautiful hanging basket chair in our backyard, or even just come and sit out on the couch and just read a book for whether it's twenty minutes or an hour and a half. I just love it. Just it switches me off unlike anything else. You don't think to pick up your phone and play. You don't. I, I love doing that to give myself. Uh, a bit of rest time and I've done that since I was little I used to pretend to be afraid of the dark so mum would leave on the hall light so and I'd sneak read. up and so read cute. in the line <laughs> I've never really grown out of that 
<laughs> I think that's another thing if if people are struggling to find those things because it's alarming how many people don't even know what they like doing yeah. is to go back to what you love doing when you were a kid. Sure. And yeah. that's usually quite instructive. Yeah. Like I love board games, puzzles. I love reading because I loved reading when I was a kid. Dancing is always something that I did. Something I've recently got into is gardening, which is so weird because I'm so bad at it. We've just got a couple (laughs) of indoor plants that I've been really proudly watering every second day and Lee goes, we're watering them again. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe gardening will be my 2019 thing as well. Well, because you can't use your devices. Because you have to have your hands in gloves and you can't obviously use your phone. And also you're doing stuff. And the end result is no weeds. I love that. So and I love awesome. that you and Nick do puzzles. Yeah. <laughs> the cutest thing ever. I just see you both so sitting there on a Sunday doing a crossword. So lame. Cute. Yesterday, cryptic crossword. Like, we are so lame. <laughs> I love it. That's the best. And increasingly, I think we didn't do it as much. But then once we started working together and that need to kind of get separation became even greater because our working life and our personal life was, was the, the same. same. Absolutely. We had to find things that were like Separated forces. From, yeah. yeah. And not just that help you get out of that mode, but make you get out of that mm. mode. Yep. So Lego. Nick's gone back to Lego. Oh, my God. Cute. I'm sorry. What nights is he doing this? Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, Nick, I'll be right there, mate. Uh, we have a whole cabinet that has like the thousand like dollar 6,000 piece Legos oh on them. Oh my God. Because it's the only thing that he can put his phone down for because he gets so involved in all the like pieces and, and the instructions. Are we, are we yeah. talking Lego or Lego Technic? Both. What? Technic he just did and it has like, the new one is a um, crane truck that oh. like it drives, oh it has God. engines and lights and stuff. Okay, so remember that... <laughs> I don't, you can't see this now, but my eyes have just lit up. I was going to say, remember Lee was talking about my happy M&M eyes. Lee's now got the same Lego eyes. Lego, Lego eyes. <laughs> Again, it's like me like wanting to do stuff with my hands and like at the end of the day standing back and going, I did that. You did that for I Lego? Could, I could do that in my own house. He's <laughs> like you. He's very tactile and his dad had a building company, but he's gone into a very computer-based yeah. tech world. Yeah. So his only release is building physical things and like playing with the the pieces and you know watching the physical thing become something else yeah Yeah. i actually just had this vision of us in another month's time you're on the ground doing lego i'm reading my book and Padre's just so happy that we're both (laughs) home doing our own thing it's the best sundays are our day and that's just like in every time zone in the world it's a weekend so oh, there's yeah. no excuse oh my God, not I love to that. just do Lego and puzzles and That's read the books. Best. <laughs> I like that. Our year has been reinvigorated by this podcast. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you, Sarah. <laughs> do you guys watch TV? Are you TV yeah, we watchers? do actually. Do. We've we... got a couple of series on the go at the moment. We're obsessed with Gogglebox. That's about the only thing we oh watch religiously God. on free to Really? Obsessed. No, no, no. Well, and Shameless. No, I said on free to Oh, sorry. Yeah, so that's our, that's our only like kind Be of Be democratic. <laughs> but you know, tune in at the same time every. Like, I it work is a for Fox Channel Tell 10. Show, I'm just <laughs> saying. Yeah. I work for Channel 10. I have to remind everyone that Freedom TV stars good programs. Especially Channel 10. Yeah. 10 Play, also live streaming. 10, 10, 10. 10, 10. Yeah, we're obsessed with Gogglebox, and then we've got all the Netflix shows that we get into. So we're watching Ozark at the moment. Which I'm loving. And for the first time, we've actually got a TV in our bedroom, which at first we were like, we shouldn't do it. But we we TVs. actually had it in there for the entire time we've been there, but we refused to turn it on. Like, yeah. plug it in even. 
But now it's plugged in and we were like, we're gonna, we, it's only there for if we really need to or if we're sick one day or whatever. But now we will be out for dinner and like, look at the time and go, Rush home. it's only 9.30. We're we like, oh my God, we've got time Ozark for Ozark in, in bed. <laughs> Welcome to our world. And for what us, if- you know, the expectation is you guys run a wellness business. Like all the wellness people are like, I don't even have a TV. Oh. Like I just don't even have electronics in my house. Like, you know, all that stuff like, about we do. bedroom, like cleaning yeah. from electronics. And I'm like, we are. No. So no. I also call <laughs> bullshit on that. I read most of the people like say that, but oh mate, once you get deep into the wellness world, <laughs> yeah, no, there's know. definitely people that do that. We've got our rose quartz under the band, and that cleanses us enough. There you Thank go. You. While we watch Ozark in bed. And what about keeping yourself in shape? Do you guys? I know you're doing the F45 challenge. I am. <gasps> I feel I've, I've got Monday guilt though about going to the races in Brisbane on the weekend. And I did have champagne. <laughs> But we've, That's all right, um, moderation. One of my actual releases and something I enjoy doing to go back on what you were saying before is running. Like, and yeah. mm. that's where I actually put my phone on airplane mode and I listen to music. So it's just me um, and just the music. And this is something G's just come into. I would say she's loving. I uh, hate running. Okay. Yeah, Hate's a strong hate word. It. But did, I was very <laughs> proud of her. She did, she did run Melbourne last year. She did. 10Ks was the first time she's ever run 10Ks. <gasps> it was the first time I've ever run 1K. <laughs> <laughs> I'm exactly you, you. You were the ambassador last year. Yeah, right? and you were the year before. Yeah, yes. and I did the same thing. Yes. I was like, I hate running so much. <laughs> but you do it and then you congratulate yourself for a year. Exactly. And you well, feel bloody good about it. And how's it? this? She's just signed up to do it again. Oh, me too. My, oh my so, God, stop it. So, me three. Me three. <laughs> <laughs> So you and Nick will be like half marathon all the way out the front. We'll yeah. be walking the 5K. Walk the 5K. Well, no, no, no. Walking all the way. <laughs> this is the thing though. We've signed up to do the half marathon together. So Shut I'll do 10 and Lee up. will do 11. Oh, oh wait. You can split like team members. Yeah. Oh. Yep. This year they're doing that for the first time. That's so amazing. Mix it up a little. So I'm doing it again. Doing it again. And you won't have me there with you this time to well, encourage you. Yeah. Oh last time gosh. we did because Lee loves running and I don't. I'd, ne- I'd still never done 10K before that day of the actual fun run, which, by the way, is the most stupid time ever. I've got nothing yep. fun about it. Yep, did that um. too. <laughs> so it was like, this is a like, awful, terrible... Or like, hard run. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, shit run. <laughs> uh, yeah, but all the times I was like, I'm just going to stop and walk for a bit. He'd literally push me, so I didn't. So Also, another little fun tidbit. You know how like most people listen to music <laughs> during runs just to like really amp themselves up? Georgia Love listens to true crime podcasts whilst <laughs> running. We're the same person. Serial? Because, well, I was listening to the teacher's pet when I did run Melbourne. Because oh. they've already listened to Serial, obviously. Yeah, all uh, of them the same. Yeah, when, when we did run Melbourne, I just, everyone, there's thousands of people around us and I've just put on teacher's pet because it keeps me interested in something. It's yeah. not like... Oh, oh, another song finished, that means it's only been three and a half minutes. And then, oh, there's another song. Oh, I've got all this way to go. No, I get involved in the story and I don't think about what I'm doing. True. I do the same thing. Lee just thinks I'm a I massive weirdo. I find weirdo. it so scary. No, it's like, so I, I just don't ever want to cross you. Because basically I come home, you're watching like true crime documentaries. You're listening to true crime podcasts. I'm like, if you want to get rid of me, you really could. I've oh, got, I, I sleep with headphones in and I tell him that I'm listening to meditations or sleeping noises, but he doesn't realise I'm listening to more <laughs> true crime as I sleep. Murder. <laughs> <laughs> we think that all the, So Nick and I are the same. We love true crime. Everything. Podcasts, TV shows, movies. 
Oh, actually, I love it and then I make him watch it. Yeah. <laughs> but sometimes I'm like, if people looked at our Netflix history and then knew that we, like, that's in our bedroom, like, yeah. that's what we go to sleep to. Exactly. And I think, like, what if something happens one day and they look back at my history to see what kind of person I am? Mm. Like, I'll be guilty yeah. <laughs> by Netflix association. You'll be let off because most of it's actually The Office and yeah, that's broken true. up with. <laughs> or mine's Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, oh that too. Yep, yeah. that too. So it's like super dumb or like hectic crime. Yeah, yeah. but no, still, like, hang on. Around. Brooklyn Nine-Nine is still about police stuff. That's You're worse ex- than me. Exactly. <laughs> you mean to say that's not true crime? <laughs> yeah. It's just Talk crime crime. <laughs> what about sleep for you guys? Do you, how many hours would you get a night? I'm not better enough. Than you. Yeah, you're only better than me because I'm. Um, we go, to, get, we go, to, we bed go to bed together, the but then Lee wakes oh, up about much an hour and a half earlier than me on so, a normal day. Yeah, it's very rare that um, it's it's kind of nice. Hey, today I had a very rare day off, and it was lion? nice that um, you that was actually. Horrible! My alarm went off first, and I had to get up while he was quiet in bed, and I was like, "This sucks." <laughs> Came and kissed me goodbye. I know. Very strange. Mm-hmm. Um, I I need. I you know I used to be really good on no sleep. When I mentioned earlier that I used to work in resorts. Um, I worked on a resort that was on an island and we literally worked like 15 hours a day, <gasps> six days a week. And that's just what you did. Um, and I would, I would and I did run on five hours sleep every night for a year and a half while I did that. But now I can't go. If I'm less than seven. I'll be so grumpy. Mm. I think it's just because I'm getting I'm old. I know. I, like, yeah. I feel like the closer I get to... Like my thirties. Well, I'm turning thirty in like a couple of months. I was like, "Wow, shit's changing." Yeah, like yeah, stuff starts to drop too. Uh, I'm Asian. Morning, so I, think I, I am. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> but like, what about the all-nighters we used to pull? I'm like, how oh. did I back it up? I it, don't understand. It would take me Honestly. a week to recover now. I can't even do if one not, night. It takes no. me a week to recover. Yeah, Let alone exactly. like two in a row or three in a row. We did, we, we did Coachella last year. We literally needed a week in Mexico to recover. After I actually watched you guys, days. and I was like, how. I know they're on the same like Nana Grandpa, yeah. You know, like fun, fun times sometimes, and you then go home early and watch the Netflix. Because it's th- Coachella's three days. The first day was kind of like we won't go too hard, we won't start too late. We didn't go to the after parties or anything because we've still got two days to go. And then by the second day, you're like. Oh my god! Tomorrow's the last day. <laughs> okay, yeah. So it's like it's like running. I'm like that. I'm like yes. One k till there's one k till I say one k. I'm finished in one k. Okay. So second last question, just to finish up, is the three interesting things about you that don't usually come up in interviews. Mm-hmm. So stuff that and answer for each other because that's more fun. Oh, okay. <laughs> so this is where all those random well, tidbits just, about I'm, like I, was about yeah. say, I've just, I think I've just said one. You've revealed my weirdness yeah, about my weird. true crime podcast. Yep. That doesn't count, though, because that came before the question. So you're going to have to come up with three more. Right. I think Lee's weirdest little thing is that every single morning he drinks this horrendous concoction of apple cider vinegar and chloroform. No, chlorophyll. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, very, very different. <laughs> I feel like if I, crime if, podcast lady over there. I feel like if I was to go, they'd be like, "He's been drugged with chlorophyll." Yeah. <laughs> that is so health conscious of you. Yeah, but a the, the just reason to make I, feel the reason better. I say it's a weird quirk of his is because I've known you for two and a half years, more than two and a half years. Every single morning you have it, and every single morning you pull this face like it's the most disgusting thing ever, and which it is, it. and he but, still does it. Yeah, but I'm obviously not doing it for the taste. It's very good for you. 
So is so, lemon in warm water, and that tastes a lot yummier. Well, she so did is both of them. <laughs> <laughs> and matcha. <laughs> and matcha. Hashtag matcha milk bath. Um, then another weird little quirk that wouldn't come up in interviews about you would be... Oh, this is oh, yeah, hard. It is hard. I'm so just like trying to allergies, all... fears, like phobias, tattoos. Oh, Lee's got a tattoo, but I don't think many people know. It's a bit. He's got his own initial <laughs> on the inside of his arm. And when it was done, there was a, this whole thing of me. And to be fair, it was a it was a gift from one of my sisters. She's like, I'm gonna take a tattoo parlor, and I'm like, what do I get? Kind of like on the spot, sort of thing. I was like, I got my initial <laughs> purely because I was like, the one thing in this life, so much around you will change. But the one oh. thing is you won't. You are always going to be you. You are Lee. Like, that's the one constant in my life. And that was the reason for it. But the funny part is a, it's an L and it's on his right arm. So, oh, <laughs> so I, I literally stitched people up and I'm like, oh, I don't ever get tattoos drunk. I went in there one time and I'm not very good with my left and right. So when I'm driving, <laughs> so I, I asked this tattoo artist to put an L on my left arm and wouldn't you believe it? He put it on my right arm. They're like, really? I'm like, no. <laughs> that is not a so, thing. That's amazing. So many people <laughs> fall for that. Is it also the same people that you um, can convince a gullible, they've taken gullible out of uh, the dictionary? Or, <laughs> yeah. or if you go backwards and on that. And that you drink chloroform every day. Chloroform. <laughs> just, to, just to go to sleep. Just helps me sleep yeah. better. Just a bad sleeper. <laughs> <laughs> I can't murder you like that anymore Damn it, yeah. I've given it away <laughs> um, And then the third thing I'm going to say is that And I think this surprises people because Obviously we're doing things like this podcast right now We met on a TV show But he is so adorably nervous In front of any kind of camera or microphone ever No way. Like so nervous And it's very endearing That did not so, come off on the show at all Oh, because you but didn't see the outtakes uh, Yeah, that's yeah. true Do you guys have them? I, no, no, but we remember them. Yeah, we were there for That's them. All that I, I tried to forget them. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. You should watch them one day. It would be amazing. The f- well, the first night when we met and I brought a donkey, it looked like it played out well. But listen, don't ever work with children or animals because yeah. I, I was the first person at the bachelorette uh, house that night, a couple of hours before anyone else, so I could meet and befriend uh, Chelsea the donkey just so uh, she'd be comfortable with me. We walked everywhere <laughs> together. As soon as the camera started rolling, no. Nah, Did not nah, play ball. It took we'll half an hour to get up and this poor girl was standing in the freezing cold. <laughs> in your and dress, just, yeah, because yeah. it was filmed in June. They didn't so make it look like that. It was so, it was literally it the was coldest fr- I've ever been in my life. I was wearing skins <laughs> it was and a suit so bad. and I was freezing. Oh my God. <laughs> um, and... Yeah, after it just threw me. Like the whole thing, they were trying to interview me afterwards, and I couldn't. I'm, like it just threw me. But I had this whole plan. I had this whole speech lined out, and um, thankfully I got part of the speech out. But <laughs> that was the only just, bit they showed. And I, like I, I thought on that first night, I'm like, they're gonna get rid of me. Like I, this I'm guy done, can't. I'm going I'm, home. This guy can't talk on this camera. This guy can't talk. He literally, he's got nothing. He's got nothing to offer. So I'm like, he's going home. So oh, well, most of my interviews went. Well. Yeah, they did. <laughs> did okay. Most of my interviews went for far longer than anyone else's because <laughs> I just didn't give them what they want. So <laughs> try again, Lee. Yeah, try again. <laughs> Close enough. I'm trying to think of interesting quirks about you. I mean, you're just all round quirky, mm. which is one of my interesting quirks is that I have the weakest bladder in the whole world. I'm thinking about that right now because I desperately need to go to the toilet. <laughs> That's why I didn't. Expect 
tapped any water at this time. Like, damn it. This is not your like first rodeo. Like, you never <laughs> take the hour. Like, aeroplanes, everything. I always get an aisle seat because I'm like, oh, I need same. a Oh, same. I'm time. the worst. Mm. All right, so bad. hurry up with your answers because I'm really <laughs> <laughs> Your love of cat is just, it's too much. It's not too much. She's pretty it's terrible. Terrible. cute. She's literally sitting here at the dining room table with us right now. Yeah, she's still here. Uh, I'm trying to think of interesting quirks. Do you have any weird like obsessions with other than theatre? But again, like Zac Efron's a weird obsession. (laughs) You just have so many that I just I just feel like that's the norm now. (laughs) You can't think of what's quirky around. Nothing's normal. You're just one big quirk, and I love you for it. (laughs) (laughs) And the last question, since I love quotes so much, is what is your favourite motivational quote? motivational quote or any quote just life quote I'm gonna say I my favorite quote quote it's not motivational at all but my favorite quote is Coco Chanel you can never be overdressed or overeducated oh I love love that that. one it's not very motivational except if you want to go shopping (laughs) (laughs) I think mine's uh we're not here for a long time we're here for a good time life's too short um and it's something it's something that I adopted a lot when my father went through a whole cancer bout and things years quite a few years ago and heart surgery and he gave us quite a scare there for many years and I just realised at that point life's too short just throw caution in the wind don't play the what if game so yeah we're not here for a long time we're here for a good time amazing mm. what a great way to finish <laughs> you guys are the best thank you for having thank us you, oh, thank you so much for coming on this was awesome I just could keep talking forever so cool. So many giggles. Let's have a wine after. I've gone to the toilet. (laughs) (laughs) The true crime podcast. (laughs) Aren't they the most adorable couple ever? I absolutely love this episode. I'm sure you could hear and hope it brought you your dose of yay this week. As always, if you haven't subscribed to CZA yet, please hit that button now to get new episodes as soon as they're released. And you know how much I love your screenshots and always love resharing them too. So get a screenshot now of this episode and please encourage your friends and loved ones to follow along. Plus do tag Georgia and Lee and maybe Pawdry Hepburn because she made an appearance too so that they know what you thought of the episode and you can of course find their handles in the show notes. I trust that you're having an amazing week as we enter a new month and season and hope you're seizing your yay.